low But the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow The bulls keep it running, the socks run the south The cubs run the north, but the bears run the house Two Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street Any team make a move and they never skip a beat And in this house, this is where we be Welcome to the show with E-Rock and Big Z Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Hell yeah. There it is. Episode 81 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago. Use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That is TrueFan15. Go Get your official TCSF shirts now. Let's go. <laughs> As always, I am Big Z, and I'm here with my boy, E-Rock. What up, E? What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you are a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and click on support, and you can subscribe to the show for as low as 99 cents a month. Listen, do you like the show? Are you a fan? Then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends. How you like that? I, I like love it. it. I hey, love what's it. up, brother? How are you doing? How was your week? Hey, man, it's been a great week with all the sports that are going on. The NFL playoffs have not disappointed this past weekend. The Bulls, of course, and another win for our bowling team. Congrats to, uh, to all the fellas that we bowled with. Uh, had a great day at the lanes, and I just want to continue to get better now that I'm physically healthy. Been watching some shows. It's been a very productive week. What about you, Ben? Man, we didn't do anything in my house. Uh, we Well, that's not true. One thing, so a dream of mine was to uh, purchase and own uh, one of these adjustable beds so that I can, like, number one pretend like i'm a patient and number two just press a button and have it like move for me and let me tell you we finally we we ordered a a bed from wayfair weeks ago uh the, the two mattresses and the one base came uh within like a week and the other one we had to wait like a week and a half for because uh fedex kept screwing it up and they kept leaving it at the facility so finally after 17 phone calls and my wife screaming at uh every uh phone uh uh, customer service line tech in uh, in India. Uh, they finally found it and uh, they brought it to our house. And let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, there's a zero, zero gravity setting on that thing where you just press a button and basically it elevates your head a little bit, but you elevate your your feet higher than that. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's beautiful right there. That's that's the sweet spot for me to sit there and uh, get get the hip right and, and get actually some rest. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I got enough room in there now. We got the we got the the king size, so I don't have the baby kicking me in the face anymore. It's a beautiful thing, man. It, it, it's it's uh, very enjoyable. I'll, I'll put it that way. I mean, I mean, you gave me some keywords, and I'm just laughing. You know. <laughs> putting your legs up hitting the sweet spot i don't know man <laughs> looks like you had a great weekend <laughs> <laughs> hey man that uh that combined with these fantastic playoffs man let me tell you something what is this we, we, we're uh three games in where the three games completed and we got three last minute field goals to win i mean look 
even even that uh, Rams and Bucks game where the Rams are up what twenty seven to three or whatever. I showed it. My wife walked in and she's like, uh, "Yeah, Brady's gonna come back." And I'm like, "Wow, wow!" Even you know. And guess what? They they came back. They came back. And uh, thankfully, the Rams pulled it off in the end. And uh, you know, we got some fresh blood uh, in this NFC Championship. So I, I'm glad. I'm glad to see some of these young guys get their chance. Uh, Brady's out. Rogers out. It's it's a great day. Yeah, first time in 12 years that either Brady or Rodgers is not in the playoffs going for the NFC Championship. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's only crazy if you like boring shit because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing these same guys over and over and over. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm enjoying uh, Aaron Rodgers getting owned by the Rams and, and, uh, and oh, no, by the by the Niners, by owned by the Niners and Robbie Gold kicking that. And then at the end when uh, Garoppolo and Gold are like, fuck the Packers, I'm like, hell yeah, that's the kid from Arlington Heights, and that's the kid that uh, played for the Bears for nine seasons. That's what's up. They know they know the real deal. So I think going into the next game, the California uh, NFC Championship, I think I got to go for the Niners, man. What about you? Um, yeah, well, it depends who I'm going to bet on. I'm going to look at all the statistics and uh, look at uh, how I can win some money. I don't care who wins in California. I really don't. Um, I'm really uh, intrigued with the Bills and the uh the Chiefs game, which is happening as we're recording right now, that's the game I really want. And I want the Bills to win. Like you said, I don't want to see the same old blood over and over. I want to see the Chiefs go in there. Uh, I mean, the Bills go in there and actually win a Super Bowl because in our uh, early years, our our young years, we had the Bills go to four Super Bowls and not win one. So it, it's nice to see uh, Bills Mafia there, the great fan base that they have. And um, I want them to win, man. Yeah, I feel you on that. And I think a lot of Bears fans are actually behind the, the Bills uh, simply because Trubisky's on that team. I've seen a lot of people talk about Trubisky getting a ring. But it's funny because when you talk about new blood, I mean, I saw somebody today saying, oh, I, I don't want Mahomes to win. I'm like, Mahomes is new blood. He's, what, five years into the league? I mean, I'm I'm cool. Look, I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at Allen. I'm looking at two guys that are young, and, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes go to this game over and over and over again because let me tell you what, watching like uh, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning all them years, that was always interesting to see who was going to get the best of the other one. Allen uh, made this, this uh, and it was an AFC championship in his rookie season going against Mahomes. And uh, look, this is, this is all new blood right here. So it's cool to see. And, and like we talked about last week, Allen is so big. I mean, he's such a big bastard to see him rumbling and stumbling and hopefully not fumbling down the field. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that, uh, that we're seeing some new blood, but look, Ladies and gentlemen, the new year is here and maybe you need a fresh start. So let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at ACSI. With over 50 expert technicians in the Chicagoland area, ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring. Whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring, ACSI is a proud partner of both Comcast and RCN. Fans, let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. The ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. 
The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales technicians and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech. That's ACSI.tech and click on careers to apply today. ACSI is an equal opportunity employer. Go get you a job. This week in the loop, the Bears head coaching search continues with no end in sight. But who are the GM candidates? Uh, we look, take a break. Uh, <laughs> we give a breakdown of the candidates and uh, see who we think is going to get the job. And our featured topic this week on the bottom line, Grayson Allen's bullshit and what should be done about dirty play in the NBA. All that plus stirring the pot and what you looking at. But first, this is the big three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now, for today's stories. Longtime Chicago radio sportscaster Les Grobstein dies at 69. According to the media blogger Robert Feeder, Les Grobstein, Stein, Jesus, why am I messing up with the second time? You already said it first. You already said it already. Yeah. Les Grobstein was found dead last Sunday afternoon in his home in Elk Grove Village. He was 69. The cause of death was not known at the time. Grobstein was on Chicago Sports Radio for more than 50 years, including time with Larry Lujak, Steve Dahl at WLS 890 AM, and most recently on the overnight shift at 670 The Score. Yeah, I mean, Les, the grabber, that's what they call him, was the grabber. I mean, he has been around for a long time, and he was the type of of guy, when you talk to all of the people that he worked with at The Score and over the years, I mean, he was a guy that would show up at random like high school games and and just to say that he was there because he scouted everyone. I mean, whether it was high school, whether it was college, whether it was NFL pro games, he was at every game. And it was it was crazy. I mean, you want to talk about a, a walking encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to Chicago sports radio, Chicago sports in general. I mean, like he had this amazing personality where, you know, he he was able to kind of give you the fact without sounding arrogant and sounding like he was trying to put you down for what you didn't know. So, I mean, it was it was amazing. And I, I'll say like doing what we do. This is a guy that would inspire you just listening to him and knowing that he had a 50 year career doing what he loved. You know, loving uh, Chicago sports. I mean, this is this is a huge, huge loss in the Chicago sports landscape. It sure is a huge loss. I I remember listening to all week uh, to sports radio, and it didn't matter what what where you tuned in to the dive was ESPN one thousand or six seventy to score. He was loved across the board. There's not one person that had something bad to say or a bad interaction. And, and like you said, he was in a walking encyclopedia and he would educate you on the air. He wasn't arrogant because he knew his stuff. He was trying to educate you so that you knew the facts. Yeah, I mean, when, when you want to talk about old school, I mean, his first full time job in 1977 was at Sports Phone, which was a phone number fans called for the latest scores and news before the Internet. So, I mean, like, you know, you, you think about like the classified ads before Craigslist. You think about like Sears before Amazon. Les Grobstein was that dude. And and he was the one him along with Fred Hudner being on that sports phone. I mean, I, I heard a story 
uh, uh, this week where come back. Yeah, but I mean, like even even guys like Michael Wilbon was will go out there and he was talking about how he would call sports phone over and over and over every five minutes to get updates on Chicago Bears games and Bulls games back in the day. So, I mean, you know, you, like I said, you talk about like the absolute base, the foundation of Chicago sports radio. The grabber was it. Well, rest in peace, dear sir. Story number two, nine-year NBA veteran Chandler Parsons has retired from basketball at the age of 33. In January of 2020, Parsons was involved in a car accident as his car was struck by a drunk driver. His lawsuit from the career and the injuries from the car accident was settled for a substantial amount in 2020. Parsons signed a four-year, $94 million contract with the Memphis Grizzlies in 2016 and played just 95 games there. This is a sad story that of an NBA player who got his his career cut short. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a bad accident he was in. Um, you know he was seriously hurt in that accident, and his attorney said he had a brain injury, disc herniation, and a torn labrum. And uh, you know he hasn't been able to play since then. So you know he bounced around the NBA a little bit, and, and it's it's sad to see a guy uh, going out like this. Whether you know it, it, it wasn't his choice for this to happen to him, so it, it kind of sucks that he wasn't able to uh, continue his career. But uh, you know, all the best for Chandler Parsons, and I hope that whatever he's dealing with. Uh, in regards to the accident i mean like two years later i hope that he's able to kind of continue his life and none of these these injuries affect his his life going forward right you want to have uh, have a full life be able to you know walk and take care of his family and so forth so yeah I, we especially us who have multiple injuries and still suffering from some of these things we understand what that's what he's going through as far as uh, the recovery all right story number three and now for our feel-good story of the week the Green Bay Packers choke once again. That's right. With a 10-13 loss to the 49ers in the divisional playoff round. The San Francisco 49ers pulled off a shocking upset in the divisional round coming from behind to defeat Green Bay Packers 13-10 at Lambeau Field. And it was snowing, nasty, and cold. And they still pulled it off. The 49ers were led by a fantastic performance by Demeco Ryan's defense. The Miko. See, I knew I'm going to get some of these wrong. The Miko Ryan's defense, which held Aaron Rodgers and company in check throughout the game. Do it all offense weapon Debo Samuel had a monster game with 13 touches for 83 yards plus a 45 yard kick return and made the key play at the end, converting a third and seven run uh, for a first down and set up Robbie Gold. Good as gold, baby. Game winning field goal. Yeah, I mean, the Packers special teams were an issue throughout the season, and they were the reason the, the Niners were able to get back into the game. Holding a 10-3 lead in the fourth quarter in, in command of the game, Green Bay's biggest flaw reared its ugly head as Corey Bojo, Corey, I don't know, how do you uh -huh. say that? Yeah. Barocas? Yeah. Barocas? Sure. Who cares? Punt was blocked by Jordan Willis and traveled high in the air where four 49ers were in position to return the loose ball. Talona Hafugnakada uh, picked up the loose ball and easily scored the touchdown from six yards out to tie the game for the Niners. Green Bay had chances to avenge the pump block with two drives to score in the quarter, but all the momentum was in San Francisco's favor. What hey, you look, talking about, man, Willis? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah, it was a good game. It was a really good game, it, man. It was, this was a, this was a weird game because it was like the, the Packers came out and did their thing in the very beginning of the game, which I think, 
you know, Bears fans watching them see season after season, watching them beat up on us. Uh, I think we expected that. And and the Packers beat up on the Niners earlier in the season. It was like week three. It was very early in the season. And, you know, once again, Green Bay pissed down their leg. And that's the funny thing to me. They make the playoffs year after year after year. And Aaron Rodgers want to come out there. I own you. Well, guess what? Every other team owns you because you cannot beat San Francisco. Every time they go and play against San Francisco in the playoffs, they lose every time. I mean, it, going back in the last like 20 years, they every time they meet in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure they lose. And this is the, the funny thing is, is that this was in Green Bay. This is a consecutive season where they lose after winning that that buy their only buy in the playoffs for the NMC and sit there and go to the playoffs and and piss down your leg year after year. I mean, w- w- there's no more excuses after this point. We saw what they did last year, where instead of running when he had all that room in front of him, they decide, oh, we're not going to do that, and they go and I think they they went for a kick or some bullshit, like. It's embarrassed. I wouldn't be embarrassed if I was a Packers at this point because you basically wasted this guy's career with Mike McCarthy and uh, with this this young 12-year-old that got coached in the team now who can't get along with Rodgers, and we see that very clearly. And you you have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and you have made two Super Bowls in 20-something years. And once, I mean, at, at least Rodgers, or at least uh, uh, um, Brett Favre went to another one. Aaron Rodgers can't get there. He had one Super Bowl, what, 11 or 12 years ago, and then nothing since? I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah, that's pretty sad. It, they remind me a lot of the Atlanta Braves where they have great teams and they get to the the, the finals and then end up choking. Uh, I don't know about you, man, but my timeline on all my social media has nothing but memes of Brett Favre, of the Packers. Uh, it's Nacho Year. Um, uh, I can't remember the African American guy was he's like pointing his head. He's like, you can't you can't lose the Super Bowl if you never get there. You know, there's there, there's so many and there's countless ones and and you know the Packer fans are, are really butthurt right now. They're like, don't talk to me right now. You, your Bears suck. I'm like, yeah, but we knew that. Like we knew that our Bears sucked. <laughs> I mean, we don't we don't have we didn't have a franchise quarterback. You've had two franchise quarterbacks and got two Super Bowls. So I think that's a little bit more salty than us. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is that Packers fans will sit there and brag about how they beat up on the Bears. But the Bears are a bad team. We weren't expecting much out of the Bears. We knew what the deficiencies were on this team. And you got, y'all sat there and gassed up Rodgers and gassed up the rest of this team. And he's talking about this is his favorite year out of all his 17 years in the NFL. And you go out there and you pissed on your leg again. So, hey, too bad. So sad. Uh, I have no, no. uh ill will towards the Packers, but Aaron Rodgers can kiss my ass. And my favorite, when we talk about memes, you know, the internet stays undefeated. And the memes about A.A. Ron and the Packers were fantastic. But my favorite, oh boy, my favorite has got to be the one where he's holding up two fingers and it says, this is the second time this season that Aaron Rodgers fooled us into thinking that he had a shot. I think he's going to start making more commercials and probably even host the Jeopardy show. I don't know. He's got nothing else to do because where is he going to go? He, he wants to leave. He's already made that clear that he does not want to be there. And they have way worse cap issues than we do. They're about $86 million over the cap if they sign everybody back. So we know that's not going to happen. So where is he going to go? He's got to go to an AFC team. And I know there's been rumblings of him going to Denver, him going to Las Vegas and uh, uh, Pittsburgh. So those are the three teams that, that have been noted. But if he goes to Pittsburgh, what's going to happen, bro? 
Oh man, I, I I talked about this a little bit before. I'm not gonna wear my my hoodie. I'll tell you that much. I can't. I can't. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know. So when when Tom Brady went to the Bucks, my pops lives down there, and he was like, I I won't watch the Bucks because Tom Brady is a freaking cheater. That's how it says. So he won't watch the Bucks games. And I mean, like, it, look if if he goes to the to the uh, to the Steelers, I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I'm sure like people whose first team is the Steelers would love it. I guess. But I mean, I wouldn't I, like, you know what I mean? It, it's almost like uh, when Philip Rivers went to the Colts, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, eh, eh, like it, I just, it, it, it makes me feel dirty. And he's already talk, out here talking about, oh, I don't want to go through another rebuild him and Matt LaFleur. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't care, man. I don't care. You have had so many weapons over the years. You sat there with, with uh, all these great players you have, you know, you look at some of the receivers that this guy has and you still can't manage to get your shit together and beat the 49ers. Now, don't get me wrong. The biggest thing uh, that people said that the 49ers were a terrible matchup for the Packers because of their defense, their very strong run defense, which which uh, Green Bay does like to do. They got Aaron Jones back there. They've had to kind of switch a couple players. But you look at was it Zadaria Smith came back uh, on this game for them on the defensive side. And they just look, he fought to get Randall Cobb back on the Packers, which he didn't help at all. And, you know, it, it's just like I said, if I was a, if I, I would be more pissed right now, uh, if I was a Packers fan than as a Bears fan, because you look at everything that's been set up for you. The fucking lines are terrible. The Bears are in disarray. The Vikings can never get out of their own way. And you go out there and you win division after division after division and you make the playoffs year after year after year and you can't get past the uh, divisional series. It's crazy. So, hey, too bad. So said kiss my ass. <laughs> well said well said sir <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen i am big z and that's news to me we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor we all know that 2020 was no joke and with an ever-changing world climate many people are looking for a new opportunity Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand in hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out ACSI.tech and click on Careers to get started. That's ACSI.tech and click on Careers. Welcome back to the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop this is chicago doors open on the left at chicago welcome to chicago welcome welcome to chicago welcome to chicago this is chicago doors open on the left at chicago z 
what's going on at the Madhouse on Madison with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Yo, E, the Chicago Blackhawks lose again, this time in overtime to the Wild. To be honest, this brand of hockey is hard to watch. I mean, I was at the bar and I was watching a football game and that was way more interesting than watching the Hawks lose a lead. Um, so look look for the Blackhawks to start trading some assets, start looking forward towards the draft. The Blackhawks have always been a good drafting team, but have been impatient and letting some players develop, Panarin. Um, they have a whole new front office, so let's see what comes of it. It's time to look forward to the future. They will be trading some assets come the trade deadline. I know we're a little bit over the halfway mark, but it's time to look to the future and uh, uh, move to a new, new regime and a new uh, team here. So, Next up for the Blackhawks are the Avalanche, the Red Wings, and the Avalanche. And that looks like probably three more losses if you're still watching hockey. Uh, are you still watching hockey? <laughs> When there's nothing else on, then I'll put the Blackhawks on. But right now, man, it's it's hard to watch them. I know they had that little win streak uh, after I went to the game uh, a month ago, but it's it's bad to watch them, man. They they can't convert on, off the blue line. They they their defense is horrible. They can't keep the puck on the fucking stick. The defense doesn't help out their uh, their uh, goalies. And I know uh, uh, our goalie uh, was standing on his head, but he he came out of pro, pro COVID protocol. So let's move on. Yeah, I mean, look, if if you're still watching hockey, good for you because I'm not watching this shit. Not on purpose, at least. Well, it's going to be the diehards. I'm not watching up. Yeah, like we, we talked about it. It's going to be only the diehards that are watching the hockey that are not into any other sport. But right now, it is NFL time and NBA time. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> e, the NFL players are in full swing. And while the Bears list of head coaching candidates continues to grow with no end in sight let's turn our attention to the gm vacancy yeah man there's definitely some interesting names on this list so my question to you is are you ready to butcher some names of course i am (laughs) that's my bread and butter sir there's something i do right on the show it is butcher names Oh, oh man. All right, E, let's start off with some candidates that have already been interviewed with the Bears. Here we go. Here's my first butcher of the of the <laughs> of the Bears segment. Uh is it Kwesi Aldolfo Manaya? Messiah. Did I get that right? Yeah. Who knows? Browns VP of Football Operations, who was interviewed on January 13th. Yeah, Kwesi Adolfo Mensah, a graduate from Princeton, was the director of football research in San Francisco before serving as the Browns' VP of football operations. Even during his short tenure, he's garnered attention as a GM candidate. Adolfo Mensah interviewed for the Carolina Panthers GM opening last season. So this sounds like a guy who is going to have a shot soon. Uh, I don't think he'll get a GM job this go-round, but uh, it does sound like he has a lot of uh, uh, potential and interest in his uh, skills. So we'll see where he goes. Yeah, these young guys are starting to raise up, uh, rise up in the ranks very, very quickly. All right, another name is Ran Carson. He's the 49ers director. Yeah, yeah, 49ers director of player personnel. He interviewed January 19th. Yeah, Carthen, whose uh, dream has always been to land the role of a GM with an NFL team, started his career as a pro scout with the Falcons from 2008 till uh, 11. He later joins the Rams as director of player personnel from uh, 2012 to 2016 before assuming the role of director of pro personnel with the 49ers from 2017 to president. Uh, present. Aha! <laughs> he managed, yeah. 
Hey, my mine was a my, mine was a mistake in speaking. Yours is just like I don't know how words work. They're jumbled. <laughs> Garthen manages the uh, pro scouting department, does advanced scouting, and helps the team make acquisitions. Again, uh, another guy who looks like he's rising up the ranks. I do not believe that he is ready for that role yet, but he is in the mix. I mean, we're looking at these GMs, and some of these names are known, and some of these names, you're like, I never heard of them. I mean, these these guys are coming up to the ranks, and uh, they're moving faster than... uh... No, I can't say that on there. I can't say that. All right, moving on. Glenn Cook, Browns VP of Player Personnel. He was also interviewed on January 12th. Yeah, Glenn Cook served as the Browns Assistant Director of Pro Scouting from 2016 to 2019 before being promoted to the VP of Player Personnel. Cook also spent time with Green Bay Packers as a pro scout from 2012 to 2015. Again, another guy who looks like he's going to be getting a shot soon, but I do not believe that this is his time. He's disqualified because he worked for the Packers. Moving on. <laughs> you know I'm joking. They've actually done very good work in, in uh, uh, drafting. So, Jeff Ireland is the next guy. He's the Saints assistant GM. He was interviewed on January 15th. Yeah, Jeff Ireland is someone who is very familiar to the Bears organization. He served as ball boy for the team when he was 12 years old, when his grandfather, Jim Palmer, was a Bears scout. As far as experience, Ireland has worked in the Saints personnel department since 2017. The Saints are an organization that Chicago would certainly like to replicate, and Ireland has been a part of New Orleans' success. Ireland has also served as a Dolphins GM from 2008 to 13 after seven seasons with the Cowboys, which included a stint as VP of college and pro scouting. I would say that if we're looking at these first couple names on the list, I would definitely be interested in a guy like Jeff Ireland. I would say for him, um, it would probably be a lifelong dream to become a part of the Bears organization as a GM. He was the ball boy here. His, his grandfather was a scout. I mean, it would be a super cool story for him in general but he has a ton of experience in the nfl he has a ton of experience with scouting and understanding what it takes to build up a franchise you look at what the saints did with uh, sean payton and drew Brees, and one thing that i will argue to a t every time is when we're talking about the coaching candidates which we've done extensively at this point i don't one one name that keeps popping up is a guy like jim caldwell who is 67 years old and my fear with the older guy not that he's going to do a bad job i want a guy that's going to be with the organization for at least 10 years so we can watch justin fields and the next head coach right off into the sunset after winning a couple super bowls and we see that's what happened with Drew Brees, and we saw uh Sean Baton still stick with the team, obviously, because the, the coaches will stick around. But I want a guy that can grow and develop with Justin Fields. And that is my my key when you look at a, a head coach. So you look at a guy like Jeff Ireland, who does have ties to the organization. I think that he understands that seeing what the Bears have gone through in the last few seasons specifically. So he's going to target a coaching candidate who is young enough to grow with the team. Wow, that's great insight, man. All right, next candidate is Elliot Wolf. Patriots director of scouting. He was interviewed on January 18th. Yeah, Elliot Wolf spent his first 13 years with the Packers, another Packers uh, uh, connection there. He started as a pro personnel assistant in 2004 and climbed his way up to director of football operations in 2016. He left Green Bay to serve, serve as the Browns assistant GM from 2018 and 2019 and currently serves as the director of scouting with New England. The Patriots reorganized their front office this year and Wolf is believed to be a big part of that. This is a guy that has had a lot of experience over the last 20 
20 years in the NFL in front offices. But my big fear with a guy like this is the fact that the Bears decided against going with a guy who could be a president of football operations, and they're instead going to have their GM uh, uh, report to McCaskey, which is a joke. So if the Bears were trying to do something which a civilized organization in the NFL would do, like build up your franchise and build up your your organization from the top to the bottom and not just skip roles like you, you're doing by having a GM report to McCaskey, that would be a great role for this guy to be as a GM where he could work with a president of football operations, where he could work with a head coach, where he could work with the quarterback and know what he's doing there. For him, this is a bad idea to come to the Bears because it sounds like him have, knowing how to structure an organization, you know, he, he wouldn't have a chance to do that there. He's better off served at a, at a better franchise. Yeah, Wolf looks like a great candidate. Uh, talking about when he served as assistant GM in 2018 and 2019 for the, uh, for the Browns. That was literally the, the years that they started turning that franchise around when they started drafting really good running backs and really good defensive players. And then guess what? Here comes New England and uh, and Belichick saying, "Hey, I, I like this guy. He can do some work for me." And if he could take some uh, a load off of Belichick's uh, plate, and that's a big uh, if, you know, because Belichick is a very control freak type of person because he's the GM and the coach out there. This looks like a guy that, like you said, would like to be in an organization that's organized. And unfortunately, the Bears are not organized. So, moving on. I mean, go ahead. No, go ahead. My bad. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If I was him, if I was Elliot Wolf right now, the fact that he helped to or- reorganize the the Patriots front office, I would stay there until Bel- Bill Belichick retires and just stick there and be the GM because the next head coach of the uh, the New England Patriots is not going to be a guy that's going to have autonomy the way that Bill Belichick has and you're not going to have a combination general manager and head coach once he's gone. So if I were him, I would stay there and 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 stay with the franchise that has sat there and won all these championships and be a part of the next run of that with Mac Jones. I mean, yeah, I would do the same thing. Yeah, like just like you said. Moving on to the next candidate, Reggie McKenzie, Dolphin senior personnel executive, was interviewed on January 20th. So, yeah, Reggie McKenzie, he boasts 27 years of NFL experience where he served as a senior personnel executive with the Dolphins since 2019. Before that, McKenzie was the general manager of the Oakland Raiders from 2012 to 2018. He got his start once again with the Green Bay Packers as a pro personnel assistant from 94 to 96 before being promoted to pro personnel director from 1997 to 2007. He was Green Bay's director of football operations from 2008 till 2011. Um, the one thing I will say about this is that Reggie McKenzie was is uh, most known as far as the Razors organization is concerned as being the guy that jumped up and picked a uh, Khalil Mack who was on no one's radar. That proved to be a good move at the time. Khalil Mack, we're still hoping that he can uh, return to form once he, he gets healthy. I think a part of him with the Bears at least was the fact that why should I play hard? Why should I put myself through hell for a, a organization that I see is going nowhere at least this season hopefully coming back next year he can be strong but McKenzie um, look older guy very very well versed in the NFL 
my big thing about some of these older guys is that they can be stuck in some of their ways with 27 years of NFL experience. He might be a little stuck in his ways and not will as much as willing to kind of help move the uh, the team into the next uh, phase in the next century and modernize the way that they do business. So that would be my big concern with an older guy. Yeah, that's been our concern with both GM and for head coach that we want people to hear for longevity and be able to, to re-imagine uh, what we have as an organization with us moving into a hopefully a new stadium in, in about five or six years you want that player personnel you want that GM you want that coach to be a, a consistent uh, 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 face of the, of the organization so moving on to the next candidate Monty Ossenfort Ooh, I think I got that right uh, Titans director of player personnel was interviewed on January 16th yeah, Austin Ford has over 20 uh, years of NFL experience, and he's served as Tennessee's director of player personnel for the past two seasons. Before that, he was the pa- with the Patriots from 2003 to 19, which including serving as New England's director of college scouting from 2014 to 2019. Uh, being with the Titans, it sounds like their, their head coach over there, Mike Vrabel, snagged him away from the Patriots since he was there for so long. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know a ton about this guy, but it sounds like when you look at what the Titans have done with their organization, I mean, this is a team that in the last few seasons has continually gone to the playoffs. They didn't do too well this season, especially considering the or, uh, this season in the playoffs, uh, considering the fact that they had to wait for Derrick Henry to be healthy. And Tannehill is not that great of a quarterback. He's very middle-of-the-road game manager type of guy. And don't forget, he was actually a, uh, a wide receiver in college, so it took him a while to figure out uh, how to play quarterback in NFL. It really didn't work out with with him in the Dolphins and then he comes over to the Titans they took a chance on him so look you know he was able to kind of flip over the Titans franchise and turn them into something that was very strong they brought in Julio Jones so he's done a good job over there I, again I, I don't know a ton about him and but when you look at the fact that he is a guy that was with the Patriots for quite a while 16 years and uh actually yeah 16 years with with the Patriots I'm not opposed to a guy like this. I just don't know enough about him to like put my vote, in, uh, my vote of confidence behind a guy like this. Yeah, like I said earlier, it, it's hard with these general managers or these candidates to be general managers because you don't know the behind the scenes. You don't know what they put in as far as the 16, 20, 30 years behind the scenes of, of working and then moving on to different positions within different organizations. It's not like a head coach. It's not like, you know, the, the pitching coach or the hitting coach or you don't know these names. So it's very hard to be like, oh, yeah, that's a great candidate. If you don't know who they are, if they're not the big names out there, it, it's really hard to, to distinguish. Now, here's some more interesting names for you. Champ Kelly, Bears Assistant Director of Player Personnel. He was interviewed on January 13th. Yeah, Champ Kelly's been with the Bears since 2015. He was promoted to his current role in 2017, where he's been responsible for evaluating draft players, uh, pro pro staff, and has even served as a conduit between the front office and a lot of players per Dan Pompey. Kelly has uh, previously interviewed for GM openings with the Denver Broncos last season and the New York Jets in 2019. Uh, he's he's very popular around the Bears campus. Uh, some current players, uh, namely uh, Khalil Mack and Tariq Cohen, as well as former Bear Sam Acho, are in favor of Kelly getting a gig. Here is a tweet from Acho. He says, few people care about players the way that Champ Kelly does. Few people know how to evaluate players the way Champ Kelly does. Few people know how to bring the best out of players the way Champ Kelly does. Passionate, no ego, 
brilliant football mind. Where he goes, success will follow. Um, hey, you're already within the organization. Here's my concern. The Bears front office has been bad. Now, how loud has his voice been in the organization? It sounds like the players do like him a lot, that he takes care of it. He, ha he has a very good football mind. Sam Acho, whether you like some of the things that his family does or not, that's that's uh, uh, not the point here because his family is pretty weird. But, I mean, he is a very intelligent guy as far as the, uh, as far as the way that he's well-spoken. So I would take his word when he's talking about Champ Kelly considering the fact that he he kept repeating his name over and over you know like his name is robert paulson yes we know his Ooh. name is champ kelly yeah nice. you like that, that so nice. i mean it sounds like he has a vote of a confidence in the in the locker room with the chicago bears but i kind of feel like because he's too close to them they're better served bringing in a guy who they have no favor with whatsoever Again, this is a great candidate. Like you said, he knows the organization from top to bottom. He's been through uh, uh, the turnover, and he's been through uh, players and, and, and understands what it takes to, to get the players on your side. But like you said, right now what the Bears are looking at is trying to get a candidate from the outside to change the culture, to change the atmosphere, to change everything moving forward. So um, as far as a great candidate, that might be it, but I don't think he's going to be highly considered for it at all all right moving on next candidate is morocco brown colts director of college scouting he was he's interviewing on january 25th yeah morocco bound makes a lot of sense for the bears as he spent seven years with the organization as their assistant director of pro personnel from 2001 to 2007 he served as the right hand man to the Colts gm chris ballard where he's been a big part of the success that the Indianapolis has had in the NFL draft. According to Adam Hogue, Brown is a strong candidate for the job. According to the NFL's network's Mike Garofalo, there's been talk that Bill Polian, who's assisting in the search, has been pushing for a Matt Eberflus and Morocco Brown combination at the head coach and GM. All right, so do you think this is the combination that the Bears need? I mean, look, there's an obvious Indianapolis Colts uh, connection as Iberfus serves as their defensive coordinator, while Brown serves as the college scouting director in Indy. And we know that uh, Polian served as the Colts team president and GM from 98 to 2011. So he knows those guys. Um, but again, are you just pushing the guys that you know because you want them to get the, the gig? Or do you feel like he's their actual good candidates? That's the big question here. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I was going to talk to you about. Like, is Ben Pullian just pulling out his Rolodex? Because, you know, he, he I'm pretty sure he doesn't have an iPhone. He pulling out his Rolodex and saying, hey, these are the guys I used to work with 28 years ago. And he's going to push for the guys that he hired. So he's like, oh, I know this guy. Let's bring him over here, this and that. Or is he really going to be in favor of someone who is up and coming uh, from another organization that he doesn't know? Like, obviously, he does have the big pool because he's been he's what, like 170 right now. So he's been since the inception of the NFL. But what I'm saying is, are you going to go for someone that you know that may be a good candidate or are you going to go for the right candidate and the right fit? Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at the fact that he does have connections to both of these guys, that's always going to be a concern. Um, you know, he is 10 years removed from the game. So at the very least, he's going to the Colts. To, he probably, I, I, I'll tell you what, I promise you that Bill Polian is talking to Tony Dungy right now and saying, who do you think? And I'm, I promise you, Tony Dungy is like, hey, 
uh, Iberflus uh, and Morocco. Like, hook them up. What's up? Those are my guys. Those are my boys. You know what I mean? So these guys have been around. But look, uh, Morocco Brown with with the Bears back in the day from 01 to 07. So, you know, he does have some knowledge of, of the Bears and what they've gone through. I mean, he was there when they went to the Super Bowl. He was there when they went to the playoffs in 01. So he knows what the city gets like when we do make the playoffs. I mean, even making the playoffs is such a big deal for Chicago Bears fans. So it, it I think he does have a feel and he's been removed from the organization for long enough to know, uh, hey, I, I don't have any ins with that team anymore. But, you know, again, his connections with Bill Polian almost make it feel like it's, uh, you know, hey, hook up my boy. You know what I mean? You know what this sounds like? And 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 <laughs> you know how much we talked about it last year. This sounds like uh, the White Sox owner, you know, Mr. Reinsdorf, going over the GM's head and getting Tony La Russa. That's exactly what that sounds like, bro. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. I feel that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mike Garofalo noted that there's also a wild card in the mix in the Chiefs executive Ryan Poles who's impressed them. Poles is firmly in the mix for that GM vac- vacancy and he's the first GM candidate to receive a second interview. Poles is the Chief Executive Director of Player Personnel and after reporting crushing his interviews with both the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings, the young executive has made similar impressions on the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Ryan Poles is, a, is considered to be a rising stars with the Chief organization. He got his start as a uh, scouting assistant with Kansas City in 2009 before making his ascent within the organization. He was promoted to director of college scouting in 2016 before he was promoted once more to assistant director of player personnel in 2018. Poles recently stepped into the role as Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel. He was a finalist for the Panthers GM job last season. It sounds like the it sounds very promising. It looks like the Bears are still looking to that Chiefs organization to fill critical roles. Can it work this time after what happened with Matt Nagy? Mm, that's up in here. I mean, I, I think most importantly, we'll be thinking about who would Ryan Poles look to for a head coach if he does get that Bears job. Most will immediately connect him with, uh, with you know, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. you know, a man that many feel is long overdue for a shot. And he also has ties to former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson and Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable. Now, a couple of intriguing names that could do good things with Justin Fields, but, you know, we talked a little bit about Justin, uh, about Doug Peterson, and we talked a little bit about Brian Dable, but interestingly enough, we have not heard the Bears linked to Eric Bieniemy at all. And going back to the last time they, they hired a guy from the Chiefs, <laughs> they hired the guy that was a Chiefs OC to be their head coach, they might be a little bit gun-shy for a guy like this. And like I said, it is weird. It's weird because last season, uh, when when we didn't know if Pace and Nagy were going to come back, I, I kept talking about it's either going to be them or Trubisky or, or Matt and Nagy or Trubisky. Who is it going to be? Who is, well, we knew Trubisky was the one that gone, and they only lasted one more year. But last year, we heard a lot about Eric Bieniemy, and it's it's very strange to me that why aren't we hearing his name anymore? I think because he's probably behind the scenes said, I'm not going to the Bears, and he wants to go to a different position, a different organization. I, I don't think he's he's not going to stay with the Chiefs. He's a, he's a hot name. So you'll see him fill one of the eight vacancies uh, with the uh, in the NFL. All right, candidates who've yet to interview, Omar Khan, Steelers VP of Football and Business Administration, JoJo Wooden, Chargers Director of Player Personnel, and Rick Smith, former GMs. And that that's an intriguing name to me. 
Yeah, I mean, these are a couple of players. Rick Smith was with the, the Texans when they were a uh, brand new franchise. Uh, you know, it, when, when you're taking on a, a, a task like that, you're not going to get everything right. You're not going to get most things right. I mean, they brought in uh, David Carr, who was not a very good quarterback as their first pick, and they just kind of like stumbled and bumbled around. So, I mean, I think that at the, this is very similar to the way I think about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I don't think they were completely terrible. I just think that their critical mistakes were so bad that the Bears and the Bears, the Bears organization and Bears fans could never kind of get over that. And even if they gave them a couple more years, you know, I, I look at some of these other coaches that are around the league. There's a lot of uh, people that want them to go after the Steelers coach, after the Saints coach. Well, what do they have in common? They again, these are are two coaches that grew up with their quarterback they 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 strived in their role don't get me wrong the Steelers had Bill Cowher but you look at the fact that they've only had three head coaches over the past what 50 years there's a reason for that because they have sustained success they bring in a guy who they believe in and and they build with the team Sean Payton had this weird thing where he was kind of going back and forth that the Saints didn't know if they were going to get Drew Brees after he was, he was drafted by the Chargers he had that bad uh, shoulder injury he almost went over to the Dolphins he lands in this uh, on the Saints and it's the best thing that ever happened to him and it's the best thing that ever happened to Sean Payton so these are these are the roles right now I feel like Rick Smith is going to be a, a name where he might have a chance to resurrect his his career as far as being a GM is concerned because like I said I I think that Pace and Nagy could be very similar in that way where we see five six seven years from now they get another chance in those roles all right, I, I totally agree with you. It's a great opportunity for Rick Smith to resurrect his career, coming to an organization that needs to be to grow, and he's done that from scratch. So Rick Smith actually took the Texans from scratch and grew them. Now, again, you don't always have hits. You, you have a lot of misses when you're doing that, but I think that he can re resurrect his career with the Chicago Bears. Yep, you're, you, yeah, I, I agree with you on that, and, and we'll see if he does get another chance. Uh, speaking of hits, a couple of Bears quick hits. David Montgomery tabbed uh, Bears Offensive Player of the Year. Despite missing four games with a knee injury, the 2019 third-round draft pick from Iowa State led the team in rushing for the third straight season, compiling 849 yards and seven touchdowns on 225 carries. He also caught 42 passes for 301 yards. All right, you got Travis Gibson chosen as the Bears' most improved player. I mean, yeah, he, he I mean, really b-balled out this year. Dude, like he, you, you, when you look at the fact that we saw Khalil Mack, we saw Hicks, we saw all these big guys out. I mean, it, he really came on last year and he was a guy that had potential. I want to say he came out of like Memphis or something like that. He had a lot of potential and I'm glad to see him. Uh, a little while ago, we talked about Sean Payton. Well, guess what? He has not committed to return as the Saints head coach for 2022. And that has a lot of Bears fans salivating because they say, go get him, go get him, go get him. He was on a team at the time, so you can get him so but yeah if he's not going back i mean is there any chance that he could end up on the bears i would love to have sean payton on the team uh, a proven winner uh, a quarterback's coach uh a guy that you've seen what he did with drew Brees and how he uh who was the quarterback over in tampa that he uh helped him mold yep. and 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 james winston man James he winston. did great he James Winston was looking real good before he got hurt. Right, exactly. So you can tell that he can work with a quarterback and, and help them through the growth and help correct the mistakes that they're making. So, yeah, if Sean Payton's available, you go get him. Now, who are you going to pair him up with? Who's going to be the GM? Are you hiring the GM or the coach first if Sean Payton's available? Well, then we're back Sean, to Sean, 
Sean Payton has that role for both of the Saints, so it'll be interesting. But I mean, if you, you got to think about this, there is a possibility if you have Sean Payton in that role that you have a, a very similar thing like they have going on in San Francisco. John Lynch kind of take a backseat to Ch Kyle Shanahan. Yes, he is the GM making the moves, but Shanahan is the one that that decides who's who's on and who's not on the team. So that'll be interesting. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I I feel like Sean Payton doesn't want to come to the Bears. He means an older guy. So I mean, but but he he doesn't have Drew Brees anymore. So maybe his time has run out in uh, in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, I think it'd be great to have give him a fresh start over here in Chicago. All right. Chicago Bears great Dan Hampton gets one year probation after pleading guilty to drunken driving charge. We talked about this a while ago when it first happened. Um, hopefully Dan Hampton makes better decisions. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's had a little bit of trouble back there, but I mean, he has done such a great job with the Bears organization, his post playing career always being there part of the media and and never afraid to speak up and speak his mind so i kind of wish that he was on the air right now to, to tell us what he thinks about this head coaching search uh speaking of bears greats bears legend dick buckus goes after aaron Rodgers immediately after getting verified on twitter uh one of his, his first tweets says now that i have the blue mark i can kick i can kick people off the platform right you hear me <laughs> at Aaron Rodgers 12. That is fantastic. Dick Buckus. You know, he, he also came out and, and said something. He's like, before you ask, I'm too old to be the coach. So knock it off. No, the, my favorite tweet was uh, some dude tweeted at him and said, hey, uh, you, you, when you played, you killed, you almost killed my father. <laughs> he wrote back, well, he must have not been that very good. <laughs> <laughs> he is like, he's like the Wendy's Twitter. He's just roasting people left and right. And I love it. I'm going to put it on notifications. I can see his, his tweets on a daily basis. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, again, he, he is one of these guys that, that it's, it feels like old Chicago bears kind of stick with the team because, um, they love the Chicago Bears. It's the charter franchise of the NFL. And that's one of the things that drives me nuts the most is that you have all these legends that stick around. We saw Gail Sayers stick around for so long in the studio doing his work there. And, uh, you know, Ditka, who looks terrible. I mean, have you seen Ditka in that Rivers commercial? He looks mm, bad. No. But, I mean, you get all these old school players that still want to be a part of the Bears, still have this passion for this fan base. And, uh, look, man. It's uh, it, it's great to see him go after Rodgers and know that he still is a bear after all these years. He can probably whoop on Aaron Rodgers' ass. Well, yeah, I, I would with him and his Uggs. <laughs> all right, fans, let's take a pause for the cause, and we'll be right back with our new segment, the Bottom Line. After a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, percent off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. 
This is our newest segment, The Bottom Line. And that's The Bottom Line! And here we talk about the biggest Chicago sports story of the week. This week, the Chicago Bulls injury situation and Grayson Allen's bullshit. This week, we discuss the Bulls injuries, including 30 plays that have cost the Bulls dearly this season. Yeah, Z, let's, uh, let's first discuss some of these uh, injury updates for the Bulls. The Bulls have caught the injury bug while trying to fend off their foes, their foes for the top spot in the East. Bulls guard Lonzo Ball has opted to have arthroscopic surgery on his left knee and is expected to miss six to eight weeks, the team announced, uh, announced last Thursday. The Bulls will definitely miss his 6-7 combo guard. He has a great he's a great ball handler with several dazzling downcourt passes and boasts a 42% average from the three-point line. Hopefully, the third-year player Kobe White can step up his game now that it's his time to shine. Yeah, I mean, you know, with Lonzo Ball coming in, we, it took some pressure off of Kobe White, who didn't necessarily fit in that role right away, at least the way that the team was constructed last season. But, I mean, we've seen him flourish. Him and I.O. coming off the bench, we've seen them. We've seen him flourish. He's able, he's a different type of scorer than Lonzo Ball. He's a better scorer, but he's not the passer that Lonzo Ball is. I mean, you see. Uh, ball with the with the quarterback throws down the field uh, or down the court. I mean, it, he's been incredible. He he is not a guy that I really had a lot of confidence in coming into the NBA. But Mike Logic kept pounding it. Hey, ball, ball. He get, just kept talking about balls, and guess what? He got his ball. So uh, the Bulls are gonna miss him. You know, it, the thing is, is that the Bulls found a way to get to the top of the East, and now that those injuries are starting to pile up and it's going to really affect them, and I'm wondering, you know, I I, I want to say before the season, you said that they would be a four seed. I feel like that's definitely, even that's in jeopardy at this point, considering the fact that you look at how many players are hurt, and, and, and I don't know if they're going to be able to recover or sustain this, because now all these teams in the East, all these teams in the West are coming off uh, after their neck because they want to knock the top dog off their spot. Yeah, well, I like how you uh, slid that in there for uh, Mike Logic pounding balls. Um, that was a nice little segue there. Um, no, I mean, really, Lonzo Ball has changed his game, and now that we have him on our team, we've seen what Mike was, was seeing because uh, he watches the NBA religiously. He saw that the passing ability was always there. He, he's a, a general on the court because he has great court vision. Um, he changed his shot. And now he shoots forty two percent from from the uh, three point line, and he can still drive to the hole and and, and you know catch the alley oop. So he's a good all around player. And that's not, we're not even mentioning his great defense. He's a great defender. So we're missing that. Kobe's not that great of a defender. Io has stepped up his game. He is really. I mean, I wish he could be in consideration for rookie of the year. I don't know if he'll be there at the end of the year, but he has stepped up. He has that fearless Chicago mentality. Like I'm going to drive to the hole and either I'm going to dunk on you or you're going to foul me. And I don't care if I miss. I love that. He plays with that Derek Rose reckless aggression to get to the hole. Yeah. I mean, Io has been very impressive. He has not played like a rookie at all. You don't see the jitters. You don't see the mistakes. And again, that comes, if you look at him, he has a grown man's body. You see it look look at Kobe White when he came into the league, just a little bit thin. The heaviest part about him was his hair. So, I mean, you know, you see him kind of starting to fill out. He got that haircut. He got the little fade and he's, he's becoming more confident in himself as an NBA player. I mean, he, he seemed like he had enough confidence in North Carolina coming out of college, but I mean, when he actually came to the NBA, he seemed to be a little bit 
bit shell shocked, and now he's finally trying to find his groove a couple years in. And and the thing is, is that especially when you look at, at especially NBA, when you when you consider the fact that guys like LeBron and Melo and all these guys have been playing since like the seventies and you got some of these new cats that come in here and they're not used to playing about these, these uh, against these grown men. So now they're finally getting a taste and now they're starting to develop a little bit bigger and stronger. And, and I, I feel like the bulls have done a good job, at least within the last two seasons, uh, bringing in guys that can help them fill in the roles where you know some of your injured guys uh, uh would be out for that fact so uh let, let, let's take a look at some of the other bulls injury updates all right first up is zach levine looking to be returning earlier than expected casey johnson of nbc sports chicago is reporting that zach could be back as soon as monday i know this comes out tuesday so yesterday versus the thunder levine is averaging 24 points this season and is part of the one-two punch alongside DeRozan. i know for a fact that DeRozan will be happy to have him back sooner than later because DeRozan has put the team on his back uh the other day he almost scored 40 points against uh who did they play uh I forgot who they played the last game, but uh, against the Orlando Magic, he had 41. So he's literally taking the scoring load that Zach would be doing and putting it on his shoulder. And then you got Vucevic, who's who's very inconsistent. Uh, we wish that he would be scoring more, being more aggressive in the paint. He, stay, he stays around the three point line a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean the the thing with Vooch is that he wants to score. Like I said, he's a little bit older guy, so he doesn't have that pep in his step like he used to. Um, but but I feel like he's a very wise player. And I think the main concern with him is that he doesn't play as big as he is. You see a lot of times where guys come to the hole and you're like, hey, get big, get big. And he just doesn't get as big as he should. And it's part of that is load management. And part of that is like, he was like, look, man, you're going to score. You, if, if you're going to score, just score it. And let's keep moving. I want to I want to recover that. I want to uh, counteract your points. But my my big concern is you look at look at a guy like DeMar DeRozan. We love him, the king of the fourth. We talked about that over and over again. But you look at his athleticism and how much is his body going to wear down now that he has to take on a bigger role when you see some of the younger guys getting hurt. That is a big concern for me. And I would say at the very least, the fact that the Bulls are are injured now, that means that they should have be a little bit more fresh when you go down the line. Yeah, it, it it should make a difference, especially. And also, you have a lot of these young players getting a lot of exposure, uh, playing time, so that's going to make them better for the playoff push. Like you said, I am worried about DeRozan pushing himself, scoring forty points and playing uh, thirty eight minutes a game. That's a lot. Like we talked about load management, that's going to be important going down the road. Uh, let's see what Io Io did really wasn't in this game against the Magic. He had seven points. Kobe White had 22. So, what we're looking at is these ga- these guys are, are coming off the bench, but they're not being consistent night in and night out. And that's what we need with Lonzo Ball out, Caruso out, Levine out. So, we need a lot of that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, let's let's take a, a look at some of these dirty plays and these dirty injuries that the Bulls had done have that had to suffer. Uh, let's start with uh, the paw, Pat Williams. The Paul, back in October, the number four pick in the 2020 NBA draft, took a hard fall on a dunk attempt in the third quarter of a game against New York and didn't return. The team announced that Williams will be out four to six months due to torn ligaments in his wrist and that would require surgery. Knicks big man Mitchell Robinson was assessed a flagrant one after the play. 
The paw is slowly making progress and was given a timeline after the surgery of four to six months, which would be as early as All-Star break and as late as early April. AK recently was on the radio earlier this month and saying that Williams is still uh, will not be rushed back, but that they have plans to have him in the lineup towards the playoff push. Yeah, so I mean, like I, I talked about it before, it's a shame that you're talking about a second-year player. Uh, one of the few players that actually returned from last season when you look at the way that they completely overhauled the roster. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of sad that we didn't see him gel with this team early. I mean, you know, it's a flagrant run. It caused an injury to the kid. He was just starting to kind of gear up. And it robs him of the time to gel with this team. And now another dirty player, uh, another dirty player and another dirty play takes out AC Alice Caruso as he went in for a dunk and he was grabbed midair by uh, the NBA's biggest bitch, Grayson Allen. I love that you give him a new nickname. Alex Caruso will go under surgery on a fractured right wrist that he suffered against Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night and he will be sidelined for six to eight weeks as a result the Bulls announced this past Saturday. Caruso suffered the injury on a fast break during the third quarter of the contest against Milwaukee. As Caruso was a mid-air Bulls I mean sorry Bucks guard Grayson Allen came flying to try to block the shot but instead grabbed a hold of the Bulls guard and sent him spinning to the ground. Allen was assessed a flagrant two foul and ejected from the game. As a result here is Caruso on his, on his perspective of the play. I was going to try and two-hand flush, a little dunk in transition, and um, didn't really know really what happened, you know, during the play. But afterwards, looking at it, I mean, dude just grabbed me out of the air. Kind of bullshit. I don't know what else you can do about it. Um, just- yes, sir. It is completely bullshit. Yeah, I mean, look, look. The reason why we named this episode bullshit because it was bullshit, not just because it was the bulls and it's very convenient to use the word bulls and bullshit, but this was a bullshit play. Grayson Allen is a filthy piece of shit. I mean, you could see that he's literally in midair and he's not going for the ball at all. First, he grabbed his arm and then he kept twisting his body. So we see that the way that he landed down on his wrist, it was I saw his hip hit the floor and I saw his head bounce and it was a scary play. I'm like, this is this is the type of uh, play that could really cause injury and, and really cause a, 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 a stunt in his career. I mean, don't get me wrong. AC is not like a super young guy, but this guy has tons of NBA years in front of him. And, and it's it, it was just very disheartening to see that this fucking guy is still uh, out there up to his old tricks. All right. Here's here's Billy Donovan on. The one-game suspension. I think the league, um, you know, has to evaluate those situations based on their criteria that they set up, you know, on some of those things. And, um, you know, there's people that maybe people think that, you know what, he should be out for as long as Alex is out. You know what I mean? All, you know, all those things, I they're out of my control. They're not my decisions. And like I said earlier, whatever the uh, league decides to do, you know, we're going to move forward and it's over and done with. It's, you know, I said what I said after the game. And the best thing we can do as a team is just to move on. And that's really the only thing that we have control over. And like I said, I'm not going to sit up here and, say what the league should or should not do or what's sufficient or not sufficient you know i trust that they're making decisions that are good for the entire league you know every single nba team and they're looking at this thing 
um, you know, through a lens of probably comparing plays and, you know, figuring out what, what is the best um, decision to make. And you know, whatever that decision is, we'll accept it and we'll move on. Um, I feel bad for Alex that he's going to be out this long, more so than anything else. You know, maybe if he didn't break it and fell down and, you know, was able to get back up and play tonight, people maybe would have different feelings. But, you know, for me, um, I can't waste any time, you know, on that. Thanks to NBC Sports for that clip there. Um, the one game suspension is so irritating. It's not the fact that one that you you injured our player, but then the NBA drops the ball on on, on a player who could potentially could have broken their their hip, their shoulder. Uh, I mean, obviously he was going to go through concussion protocol because he hit his head. You're costing the Bulls wins because you're not man enough to do what's right. Like he said, should he be out as long as 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 Caruso is out? Yeah, he should be. All right. Yeah, I mean the thing the, the thing is is that AC just came back from injury and the, the, all of the players came back and talk about what an important role that he has um, and, and you know we, we can see the difference uh, Stacey King for example will tell you what a big difference it is when Caruso is on the floor versus when he's not You when you hear him go cookies you know he's talking about the fact that AC gets in there, he 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 knocks that ball out your hands. He's there. He's he's a pest. He's a pest, and and he right there to me, he is the 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 quarterback, the key in in their defensive effort. So it's very disheartening to see this happen to a guy like that. You know what? Here's Kendall Gill on the matter. Ray Charles could see that was intentional. That was intentional. Yeah. You know that's some BS, man. I mean, come on, you guys got to call this stuff out. Like you heard Billy Donovan say, he could have possibly ended Alice Caruso's career on that play. And don't tell me it was a hard foul, okay? A hard play on the ball because, one, okay, the left hand, I understand. That happens. But when you come with the right hand, and it was almost like a slap, and it wasn't towards the basketball. It was actually towards Alex Caruso's head. This guy has a history of playing dirty. So say what it is, Milwaukee Bucks. No, I almost I, I kind of lost some respect for those guys right there. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, because, because, because they're not telling the truth. Right. You know if, what I mean? If you're a teammate in that moment, or if you're Mike Boonholzer in that moment, how do you how do you walk the line, but also keep your integrity? No, you got to say, listen, Grayson Allen has to learn how to play. We can't tolerate that in our game. Did, did you guys see Grayson Allen walking off the court, smirking. laughing mm-hmm. and smirking? No, they didn't see that, did they? Yeah, and this is exactly what I want to talk about. He's a dirty player. He's reacting that way after he gets thrown out of a game. And then your coach, uh, Mike Boosenauer, saying didn't say anything. If that was Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson's like, you know what? I'm going to have a conversation with him, but that's an unacceptable play. And we'll, 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 we'll go moving forward. We'll talk about this. You have to address it because now what's going to happen is what if that happens to Giannis? If someone who's on the end of a bench Willie has nothing to lose, goes after Giannis, and Giannis breaks his leg or something. Guess what? The the face of the one of the faces of the NBA is out for the season. Now what are you gonna do? You have to set the president and say, hey, we are not going to allow this bullshit to happen. And you know what's funny? Because something there was another flagrant foul. Uh it was, I believe, uh, the Lakers, THT, I can't remember his full name, but his initials are THT. He fouled and it was a, a clean 
Fine. It was it was it a flagrant one? Yes, it was. But he went up and he blocked it, but he went for the ball and his hand was on the ball as the the kid from Orlando was trying to dunk, and the, and the, he felt and the guy fell on his head on his back and his head. But it wasn't like an intentional like Grayson where he spun Caruso around. He was this guy THC had his hands on the ball and was trying to block it. And when he was coming down with the ball, the dunker's hands were going backwards, so the kid had nowhere to land. That's a flagrant one. That's not intentional, but it is a flagrant for one. This piece of shit went after our player to take him out. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, is that when we look at what happened with the Paul, that was a flagrant one. And, uh, you know, even Billy Donovan came out and says, you know, I don't think that it was intentional. It is what it is. But it was it was kind of a dirty play because he basically yanked uh, a Pat Williams hand down. And, uh, you know, we, we saw what happened with that. He basically dislocated it and, and tore some tendons in there. And that looked shitty when it was. But but we see Grayson Allen look at this dude up in midair. And that's the thing that pisses me off is that you see him kind of swat with one hand and with his other hand literally kind of spin him in midair while he's up in the air and slam him down. This is not the first time. We already know that this is not the first time that, that the... Uh, uh, that, that this guy this fucking Grayson Allen this little he looks like this this scumbag uh, uh, shitty kid that never got laid in high school and he's just sitting there kind of being picking on uh, picking on everyone else just because you know he, their family didn't have money I don't know anything about them uh, as far as that's concerned but that's what he looks like he look, he looks like a bully from a fucking 90s high school movie and and it's and it's super frustrating that this guy I mean look he developed the reputation as a dirty player during a standout four year career at Duke so this is not a young guy that that doesn't know what he's doing i mean he was a four-year player he left as a senior in duke okay he was busted twice for intentionally tripping opponents during his sophomore year with the blue devils and he went on a national apology tour after the season when he returned for his junior year he again intentionally tripped an opponent in a game against elon and had a full-scale meltdown on the bench you saw him when he went to the bench after uh, the play in the bulls game and he's sitting there with his hand over his mouth kind of looking over his shoulder just kind of smirking because he's a piece of shit he was taken number 21 overall in the 2018 draft and it didn't take him long before he was ejected from a summer league game for striking an opponent in the head he's bounced around from the jazz to the grizzlies and on the Bucks, where he's carved out a role as a reliable shooter playing off of giannis and the uh team's other veterans but this is unquestionably the best season of his pro career and apparently he still can't stop himself from making dirty plays now here's the thing you would think that a guy whose team just won the NBA Finals last season, their, their first final since the 70s, with all these, with a guy like Giannis, who seems so innocent, who went to what, White Castle or Taco Bar, wherever he went to after, after he won the title, he's in the, he's in the car holding the trophy like a baby. You would think that a guy like Mike Budenholzer would realize that, hey, we just won the NBA championship last season, and we are now have to step up and represent as a first class organization the NBA. When you got a guy like Giannis who is going to be uh, responsible for uh, being a role model for a lot of these younger guys coming from overseas. I mean, you don't hear about superstars in the NBA coming from Greece, especially a big black kid, okay? So you're looking at a guy who is supposed to be a role model and a team that's supposed to be a role model, just like the Chicago Bulls were in the 90s. You could say whatever you want about Jordan's attitude, but when it came to what, the way he played on the court, he was a first-class uh, individual even when everyone was trying to beat the shit out of him. So you look at the fact that Mike Budenholzer can't come out and say something against Greece 
Grayson Allen. And then the NBA had a disgrace to come out and give him a one-game suspension after what he did. That is absolutely irre- uh, 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 I can't. I'm, I'm just. I'm losing it right now, man. I'm so pissed <laughs> about this kid. And how the fuck you give this guy a one game suspension? I'm with Billy Donovan, man. You make him uh, sit out as long as as Caruso has to sit out, and even then, fuck him after that. Let him sit out a couple more games. I'm I'm, I'm tired of this bullshit, man. No, man. I, I I I'm hot too, man. I can't believe he got one fucking game. He should be out as long as Caruso's out, especially if it's a flagrant foul. You got tossed out, and you have a history. This this just it brings me back to like when Dennis Rodman would do, do his antics, whether it was with the Bulls or San Antonio, or 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 with Detroit. Guess what? He had a reputation. So when he did even the smallest thing, he got suspended and fined. And then guess what? The coach had to apologize for him and talk to Dennis and like Dennis, you need to calm the fuck down. You can't do that shit anymore because it'll kick you out of the league. That was a tougher league. What I mean by tougher is that. There was a lot more dirty plays. If you look up highlights from the 90s, the 80s and 90s, these guys were throwing elbows and, and knocking you down and playing super dirty. But when you have this type of play in a clean NBA where you have LeBron flopping if you breathe on him, and this kid, and I'm going to call him a piece of shit kid, has the history of tripping. And I, 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 I swear I remember him kicking somebody in the balls in one of the games as well. Yeah, so like this kid has a, has that audacity to keep doing that shit as a professional and the nba doesn't step up and say hey you know what you're a piece of shit you need to sit out the rest of the year and we're gonna find you the rest of your salary that's what they should do but what the problem is as the players uh, association the players uh, uh, union is so strong that that's not gonna happen and that's the problem right there that the, that uh, adam silver doesn't lay down a gauntlet and say this will not happen in my MBA. You know, the, the thing is, is that when you when you talk about the old school NBA, the Jordan uh, NBA, the Reggie Miller NBA, the Patrick Ewing NBA, I mean, yeah, you had you had rough plays. You had Magic Johnson and Larry Bird going at each other. You might see an elbow. You might see, you know, Reggie Miller kicking out the leg and trying to get that that bullshit uh, uh, free throw. You know what I mean? You might see some of this like little scummy plays and things like that. But here's the thing. You don't see that in today's NBA. And you might have seen someone like maybe, hey, Dennis Rodman. If you're up in the air, he might pull you down. But you never, how, when, when could you even tell me the last time you saw someone in midair get grabbed and then spun around and twisted down? He just came back from injury. You know how excited he was to play? AC was undrafted in NBA. Okay, he will not sit there and jeopardize his career over some bullshit like that. He is not that type of dude. He's annoying. He sticks in your craw. He'll sit there and pick your pocket when you're not paying attention. But he's not going to sit there and grab you while you're in midair and spin you around and let you slam down on the ground. I thought he had a hip uh, injury when it first happened. I didn't even realize his, his wrist would be busted up. Now he has to have surgery because this fucking prick decides that he's going to take it upon himself as a as a role player, as a bench. He's not even a star of the team. So you know what the Bulls need to do? They need to get one of these guys of a 10-day contract. Shit, maybe they need to hit up Kendall Gill because you know he'll beat that ass. He'll come out there with the boxing gloves. He won't even put on a jersey. He'll come out there with, with his bull shorts and his gloves and, and take care of business. Grayson Allen, if you want to go and play MMA, we got Jake Paul, we got Logan Paul, whoever the fuck, one of them dudes out there want to box, hey, they will box you. Don't bring that shit to the NBA because that's not what this is about. Yeah, it's funny enough because a lot of the uh, reporters that we follow and, and, and look up to 
had a lot to say about this. Mike Greenberg, Grayson Allen forfeited the benefit of the doubt a long time ago. The second swipe was not a basketball play. It was a blatant, dirty play. And now Caruso's seriously hurt. Allen should be absolutely suspended. Uh, yeah, Richard Jefferson. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Richard Jefferson, but great. he said Grayson Allen giggling after receiving a second flagrant foul, uh, after receiving a flagrant two, and being ejected seems pretty, uh, pretty on brand for him. I mean, you have Isaiah Thomas saying smh dirty ass play this man played with the with the with the the pistons in the 80s and he's calling that a dirty play yeah look i I think right there that tells you everything you need to know that tells you when when isaiah thomas when isaiah thomas the dude will sit there and elbow you in the balls as you're walking past okay him and bill lambeer and and all these guys when you talk about a team like that and their leader who still thinks that that they they (laughs) a a guy with no guts when he played against the bulls okay when he's coming out and saying that shit how can you argue with that Grayson Allen needs to be out. And, and you know, the thing is, is that you look at what happened with the N- uh, with the NFL. You talk about a guy like Vontez Perfect who kept taking these dirty shots at players. Eventually, they suspend him for, for, for a much longer period of time because he keeps he's a repeat offender. When you look at a guy like this, he's going to keep doing it. Now, granted, the thing is, is that Green, Greeny is right. He lost the benefit of the doubt because of his play and the, the because of the way he he was dirty in college. But he hasn't had that many incidents in, in the NBA. He's bounced around. He's a role player. He's an end of the bench guy, right? So now we look at what he did in, in the uh, in the G League or the D League or whatever the hell he was in at the time, and he he hit a guy in the head. He fucking hit a guy in the head. That should count strike one. If this ain't strike two, or, or I don't know if he has any other incidents, but I mean, all you're doing is showing that you're allowing this guy to come into the, to the NFL and just act up and with all these bullshit shenanigans, man. Get this guy the fuck out of the league. It, I can't, I, I just, I, I would tell you the, the thing that frustrates me the most is the one game suspension. How does Adam Silver accept this? How, I don't care. I, I just, hey, guess what? Do your thing. Take charge. Say something, and if the if the NBA PA wants to push back, let them push back. But at least give them a fucking respectable suspension so that you can show other players that you're serious about what you're doing. No, man, I I, I can't fucking I can't stand the kid. The one game suspension is boiling my blood. It's gonna bother me for the next four to six weeks because Caruso is gonna be out. And guess what? We're already a short a lot of players. I think the Bulls played with nine players today, and guess what? It wasn't effective because they got blown the fuck out. So we're losing a ring general as well on, on the floor. A guy like you said is gonna be a pest on on, on, on the defense for for the other team. We're gonna miss that. We saw when he was out earlier that it really bothered the Bulls' chemistry as far as on the defensive uh, front. They did not play good defense, and th- that's when they were getting blown out by Golden State and everybody else. But it's it's gonna bother me. Fans, hit us up. Let's debate this. What you, what would you have done? Who would you have used uh, at the end of the bench to go fight him? Hey, what ha- what would Joaquin Noah do? They play him again at the UC on March fourth. Let's see what y'all do. Show me what you're made of, Chicago Bulls. That's right. All right, fans, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. 
Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah, boy. (laughs) It's that time again, brother. Uh Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for Stirring the Pot. What you got for us, brother? All right, man, this week with the NFL playoffs in full swing and some of the best playoff football that you will, four games, four games that came down to the wire and ended with uh, both Brady and uh, and Rodgers out of the playoffs. Oh, what a great day. Uh, so with the NFL playoffs in full swing, I found some of the strangest stadium foods. And this one is from the Houston, Texas, NRG Stadium. These are called Battle Red Tacos. It's chicken tenders encrusted with flaming hot Cheetos, topped with mango salsa and sriracha mayo, and nestled all conveniently inside a flour tortilla. So Z, yes or no on Battle Red Tacos. Hell yeah. Give me that. I'm looking at the picture that you just sent me right now. Chicken tenders encrusted with flaming hot Cheetos. That's a win. Topped with mango salsa. That's a win. Sriracha mayo. That's a win. And a flour tortilla. Uh, Yeah. Give me that. Actually, you should make some of these next week. First of all, flaming hot Cheetos are fucking gross. That's, that's- I never understand the appeal of it. They're like... Hey, um, here's something that might taste good. Also, it'll burn your fucking mouth for no reason. I do not understand the whole craze with the flaming Hots, with the Takis. That's not flavor. That's just fucking heat. There is a big difference between flavor and heat. Number two, a taco on a flour tortilla. Get all the way the fuck out of here. How the fuck I'm the not Hispanic one, even no matter what Mikey O says, I'm the <laughs> not Hispanic here, and you over here fucking endorsing flour tortillas on a fucking taco. First of I all, I mean this this is this is a bad look for you, bro. First of all, the flour tortillas because it's in Texas and they're not Mexican, they're Texan. So they do their their own version of whatever they want to do. So I'm only taking it because it's a part of a Texas meal. No, you give me your your totolico or your El Milagro tortilla, it'll make it way better. But I'm down with the the, the hot flaming Cheetos chicken, man, with the mango salsa. Mango salsa did it for me right there. That's not a flavor. Hot is not a flavor, bro. It's not, there's no flavor here. There is a flavor. and all the other bullshit. Flaming hot is not a flavor. You take the look, let me tell you something. You they they take that and apply it to Doritos and Cheetos and whatever else and popcorn. It's not a flavor. It's a temperature. <laughs> no flavor there. I do not understand. Like the it's not even like 
like cheddar jalapeno. Okay, that's a flavor. What, what, hey, uh, how is that any good? Yeah, it's just hot. Yeah, but what does it taste like? Hot? Like no, but what what what's the flavor of that food? Hot? That's not a fucking flavor. That's the not how flavor work. is flaming hot Cheetos. That's the new. That's a flavor that's that was invented, and it's a flavor now. It's not a flavor. Garbage. Garbage. Ladies and gentlemen, this man with the broken mouth once again proves <laughs> that I am right because this is garbage. This is fucking hot garbage. Literally, it's flaming hot garbage. You so don't like spicy food. You don't like spicy food. I like spicy food just fine. This is not a spice. Spice spicy food has flavor to it. Okay, that's the big difference. There is no flavor to fucking just chili powder or whatever the fuck they put. It. It's not a flavor, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Look, before look, I, I'm almost. You know who? You know who deserves these? You know who deserves to eat these? Is Grayson Allen since he's a <laughs> he's a fucking prick. He can eat this shitty food. Okay, no, thank you. No shot in hell. That's okay. You can. But be here's a question for you. <laughs> All right. Here's the question. Before we go, what you looking at? What are you watching that isn't sports? Oh, man. I caught up on a bunch of stuff this week. Ozark season four. This show is wild, man. Jason Bateman does a fantastic job in the series and the plot twist and turns all over the place. It's based out of Chicago and they uh, then it goes to the Ozarks in, in Missouri. But this is one of my favorite shows and this is the last season. So uh, I'm thinking I'm on episode two or three. And uh, I'm gonna binge the rest of it uh, as soon as I can. What about you, you? Seen this yet? Yeah. So I watched like the first couple episodes. Uh, Jason Bateman and and there was some embezzling going on, and he had they had to hide, and then uh, some other shit. They found some drug shit from a bunch of rednecks and all that. I didn't get too deep into it. It's one of those shows that I'll probably pick up after it's done. Um, you know, I'm sure the show is fine. You know, you know how I am though. You know, I'll, I'll pick up two or three episodes and then yep. forget about it for for six months, and then the next they're like, "Oh, season four. I'm like, "Season four? How the fuck? Four seasons? I I made it to episode four, so <laughs> I'm sure at some point I'll catch up on it. But and it sounds good. I like Jason Bateman. I, I think he's actually good as a straight man in a role right. um versus like his cop you know what i mean like he's he's always the guy that kind of gives the look at the look to the camera breaking the fourth wall in his comedy roles so i'll eventually catch up but i have not seen uh, that much of the show yet yeah put it on your queue all right next thing i saw where it was on it's on showtime it's called jfk revisited through the looking glass this is 30 years after the first examination of the jfk movie so oliver stone reassesses the horrific event that shaped the generation so essentially they're bringing up more information that they found out now um and bringing stuff to light now that stuff has been um uh declassified so they have more information and they've been to being able to interview more people i've watched it about two hours it is riveting like you're watching this stuff and you're like how did our government do that and if the CIA is listening, I have no part in it. <laughs> now, 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 this right here, this is right up my alley. So I, I think this is definitely something I'll have to check out, uh, especially if it's two hours, get in, get out, know the story. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually got a few books about the Bay of Pigs, about uh, uh, JFK, about the, J- the, the Kennedy family curse, where like, you know, incredibly good looking no one can stay alive jfk jr with his crazy plane crash jfk getting popped in the back of the head uh his little brother getting popped if i'm not mistaken just a few weeks ago 
uh, a JFK's killer Sirhan Sirhan was up for parole and, and they put a kibosh on that shit. So, um, I mean, the, the fact that uh, you had Maria Shriver uh, walking around like a skeleton as part of that family, too. So, hey, you know, th- this is a very interesting family. It's almost like the royal family. I think we talked about them a little bit before. Right. And uh, Ted Kennedy, it just it, it, very, very interesting family, the way that they came uh, that their rise to popularity. I watched uh, CNN's documentary about JFK and, and the whole Kennedy family not too long ago. And that's, again, you know, the word that you use is riveting. And, I, and I'm with that because, I mean, I, I don't know, man, like it, it's it's one of these stories where you don't you don't know what to expect and, and how they went through their life and how like JFK was actually pretty sick. He was a sickly kid. And uh, and just how he rose to the ranks and everything. I mean, like it, it is definitely riveting information, and uh, that's definitely something that I'll put on my list to check out. Yeah, anything with JFK, I'm all about it. And especially, when I, I went to Boston and I went to visit. I went to visit the uh, museum out there, and if if you can get out to Boston and, and go see that museum, it is beautiful, and they have a lot of uh, of of him and Jackie's uh, personal uh, artifacts there. They have his boat. Um, there's a there's literally like a, a walking museum because you're walking through the different um, rooms and they have different stuff going on and different rooms will play different speeches and they'll have you know the buttons from when he ran for this and ran for that so it, it's something that's uh, that you know especially you being a history buff as well is something that you 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 really get, uh, catch on to. Last thing I watched was something I wish I don't, I don't even know if you watched this but I know you will watch it because this is your humor. Jesus Rose. John Totoro reprises the role of Jesus from the Big Lebowski. Uh dude. 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 This, this is this is right up my alley, dude. Yeah, it, it, pun intended. Tell me about the show, dude. Pun intended. So this is a uh just a hour and a half, two hour movie, and he he's coming out of prison and all the mayhem from him coming out of prison, it just ensues. And as soon as he gets out of prison, he's already back in trouble. Um uh, uh, Pete Davidson's in it as well. Uh, it, it, I can't. I don't want to ruin it because it's such a good story. It's such an unbelievable uh, uh, twist and turns that happen. You're like, there's no way that's gonna happen. But then you think about it, like Bill Lebowski was kind of weird and, and and out there as well. So the story continues to to go that way. There's very minimal bowling in this one, um, but the story is great. And the guy from uh, Boardwalk Empire, uh, can't remember his name. He was also in that uh, records. Uh, oh, huh? Oh. Uh, yeah, that, not Buscemi. No, not Buscemi. It's uh, the other guy that was uh, he, he had the spinoff as well. He's a tall, oh. t- a tall, darker Italian guy. Uh, so these guys are playing Puerto Ricans in oh, this. Yeah, so it, it's yeah, it's I yeah, it's funny. I, I definitely uh, a that, must watch. Is that Bobby Cannavale? Yes, 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 yes. So he's in. Yeah, he, he's in a. He's in a bunch of stuff, and he and he's he's always uh, he's always entertaining. So, uh, guess what? The dude abides. I will definitely be on this at some point. Uh, what? Where? Uh, where are they showing that? That's on Showtime as well. Nice, right, I'm, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna need that login, bro. What's up? Are you I, got you. Up? I, I know. I, I that was probably like your <laughs> your friend's login, so you want to share that shit. <laughs> All right, just just using my um, profile. All right, what you looking at, E? Yeah, hey, look, uh, I've been watching on HBO Max the show, which a lot of people already knew about, but it's called Euphoria. This is a wild ass show. Um, I mean, this this kind of reminds me of kind of the uh, the personalities and things like that we kind of saw throughout our years at Lane back in the nineties. Um, this show is a show starring Zendaya, and the series follows a group of high school students through their experience of identity, trauma, drugs, friendships 
love and sex i mean uh yeah fantastic writing fantastic acting i mean the, you know it's 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 always nice to see a show where you see actors that aren't that well known there's a couple of actors in here i think judd apatow's daughter is in it um but there when you see uh, a show where there are actors that are not really well known and they're acting out this uh, uh these these roles so well and 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 they're so believable i mean it's it, it's fantastic uh, my wife put me up on this after calling one of my shows boring and one of my high school <laughs> there you go high school shows the end of the fucking world the the high school shows uh boring but yeah i mean uh it, it's legit um a lot of full frontal male nudity i'll put that out there there's a lot of ding along dinglings uh flopping around there in the very couple episodes but uh but yeah when, once you once you get uh, past that part, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a must watch. It, it's time to grow up, people. Come on, there, there's there's private parts on both sides, and you're not gonna always see TNA. All right, uh, this show is phenomenal. <laughs> this show is phenomenal. It is one of those shows you're like, wow, that just happened, and that just happened, and then it just keeps rolling that down that way. I do watch a lot of the behind the uh, the extras that they put on there, the behind the scenes stuff. And uh, for this uh, second season, um, they contacted Kodak and shot in uh, in on film. So, and then they were they did this this uh, on the second season where they're shooting and they 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 shoot a bright light um, as so it looks like a Polaroid. So as you're watching it, it looks like you're watching a series of Polaroids. And you're piecing together the story just with Polaroids. So that first episode in season two is just like that. And you give them credit for the writing, the 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 the, the wherewithal to figure out how to make this show interesting and look different and feel different. This is one of those shows that you're like, I can't believe it's going to end. Uh, it's one of those shows you don't want to end. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for, especially when you see different techniques being used and things like that. It just, like I said, th this I really didn't pay that much attention to it because I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, I, you know, I, one thing I, I, I did watch part of was the new matrix movie. You, you watched that, didn't you? Yeah. I thought it was hot garbage. Yeah. So, I mean, like I watched probably the half first half hour because HBO max kept saying, Hey, uh, at, at uh, midnight Pacific time, this is going off there. I was like, all right. Yeah. So we, me and my wife watched an episode of euphoria and she's like, I'm gonna go to bed. You can watch your movie. I put it on about half hour, uh, half hour into the show or into the movie. I was like, uh, nighty night and not on purpose. It's just, uh, it was, it was a snooze fest. I, I didn't follow the last two matrix movies that that closely i remember the first one very significantly i i thought it was i, I felt like it, it had a good direction it was going in but the whole video game thing like it kind of made sense and and i got what they were doing but i just i, I was tired man i was like it, it wasn't it, it wasn't interesting enough to me to keep me from falling asleep yeah it definitely did not keep your attention and the way they were trying to portray these the new actors as video games and, and ir and all this show was like yeah i get it i understand it but it doesn't for me it didn't stay true to the to the story that they were going through for the first three so anything else you watch hey uh i know it's sports but can we give a shout out to this weekend's football holy shit every single game coming down to the wire at the very end uh one funny <laughs> funny thing that uh uh what i just saw on twitter i think it was who is it adam schefter this is what he just put all four divisional playoff games this weekend ended on the last play. 
Hey, isn't that how sports work? They all end at the last play. What kind of stupid shit is that, Shefty? What, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> Look, hey, fantastic, fantastic. Like I said, Brady out. Rodgers out. Uh, Cincy and the Chiefs go on to the AFC Championship for the tents to go to the Super Bowl. And um, San Francisco versus the Rams. Look, San Fran went a few years ago to the Super Bowl with John, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh versus John Harbaugh. That was a great game, the, the game we just talked about not too long ago when we talked about uh, Harbaugh potentially being the, the coach of the Bears. Um, a little bit of fresh blood in here, man. Like, you know, uh, Mahomes is the is the older is the elder statesman here, and I, I want to give props to the Buffalo Bills for what they were able to do this season. I mean, that was a great, great game. It really just came down to who had the ball last, because I promise you, if the Bills got the ball, they'd be in that seat right now. So, right. hey, last last year we saw the Bucks win the Super Bowl in their home stadium. This year we might see the Rams win the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And number one, shout out to Aaron Rodgers who doesn't have to worry about boycotting the Super Bowl because, hey, guess what? You're going to be watching it the same way we are at the crib. So, hey, uh, good luck. Too bad. So sad. <laughs> it's kind of like Chris Brown. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about, bro? You can't even get in. <laughs> hey, you, hey, enjoy the game, A.A. Ron. Uh, right. I hope you don't end up on Pittsburgh. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, E, let's get out of here, man. All right, y'all, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TRUEFAN15. Go and get your shirts right now now right now and don't forget to visit our friends over at acsi.tech and check out their career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry go to acsi.tech that's acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today and get your 2022 started off right Shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast with Coach Mo and Just These. Check them out on your favorite streaming service. And don't forget to check out the Shine Native Radio podcast, now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out now. And do not sleep. Mike Logic's new album, as I was saying, is now available. Check out mikelogic.bandcamp.com, M-I-C-L-O-G-I-K.bandcamp.com to get your copy now. Logic with the K is back, and his brand new music video for his single, So Low, is now available to watch on YouTube. Shout out to Ronesh, Panic, Serious Beats, and Custom Made for the beats we play on our shows. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your Mole Men merch and gear. And don't forget to check out Chicago Reader and, and vote for Mole Men as your favorite producer. Uh, the Chicago Awards coming out this week, so make sure you check out Mole Men and, and vote for them. And make sure you check out PRODBySerious.com, P-R-O-D by Serious to check out uh, Serious Beats and Beats by custom.com they got a brand new uh mix of their uh uh their beats available today i love i love i love 
break beats and, and 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 the background sounds and all that stuff so i love what they do it's dope stuff so go and check them out and don't forget to check us out on social media you can find us at true shy fans on twitter that's at true chi fans on twitter and on tiktok find us on facebook instagram youtube spotify and reach out to us hit the dms when you see our flyer Hit the message button and you can send us your stirring the pot ideas, your movie and TV show recommendations, and just tell us what you think about the show. We love to hear your feedback. You can also reach us on our email at truechicagosportsfans at gmail.com. Before we go today, once again, we got a couple of celebrity deaths to talk about. Unfortunately, we lost two big guys, legends in their own right. Louis Anderson and Meatloaf. Yeah, Louis Anderson uh, passed away. He's an Emmy Award winner whose career spanned uh, from stand-up to game show host to starring roles on TV and film and died last Friday in Las Vegas from complications regarding uh, related to, to cancer. Uh, on Thursday, his friend, fellow comedian Paulie Shore, uh, retweeted that he had said his goodbyes to Anderson and asked for prayers for the ill star. He said, attention comedians, and the Comedy Store alumni. I say this with a heavy heart. I just left the hospital in Las Vegas where Louis Anderson and his sisters and close friend were kind enough to let me say my goodbyes. He's still with us, but keep him in your prayers. So that was January 20th. Um, so yeah, he, he ended up passing away. What do you remember of Louis Anderson? You know, I, I remember the, the cartoon that we watched as a kid. Um, you know, that was in Louis' world, Life with Louis or whatever it was. It was it was funny because it was his same face, his same voice, and just a kid riding around the bicycle, and, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, that that as a kid. And then also, uh, he you know, he won an Emmy uh, later in life playing a woman. He played a Christine Baskets on the show called Baskets on FX, uh, which, which he starred with uh, Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis played twins and louis anderson came in and played the mom and and after all that time you know in in the public eye i mean he won an emmy he was an award-winning guy so i mean you know just seeing him around in all these movies and his funny voice when he kind of talked like this it was it was it was a great great uh guy great comedian and a guy that just you know it, it, it he touched uh, a lot of careers and he really found a niche for himself as he as he kind of grew up from a stand-up comedian to finding a tv show just like howie mandel did had his own uh, show for kids later right. on you know so i mean it, it's really cool to see a lot of people reaching out for a guy that I, I feel like a younger generation might not be as exposed to as we were but I mean, it's it's always sad to hear when uh, when one of these guys you know for has been around for a long time you know passes away. Yeah, he's, it's a huge loss, and I do remember that TV show. I remember coming home and being able to watch it and just laughing my butt off because it was it was pretty funny. It was ahead of his time. And then you also have him as one of the Comedy Store uh, alumni, and then with the passing of um, Op Saget as well, you've lost two alumni from the Comedy Store, so it's it's hitting pretty hard, man. Ah, all right, another loss, and this one, um, this this one, uh, it kind of hit because I, I do remember this one song that he sang. Uh, Meatloaf uh, recently just passed away. The late rocker um, uh, passed away this Friday, and it looks like it was on the complications of COVID nineteen. Um, he was obviously out, outspoken about not being uh, vaccinated, and that no one should be vaccinated, and don't don't be controlled, and all that. And that's neither here or there, but uh, the Grammy Award uh, award-winning musician, whose real name is Marvin Lee Aday, um, uh, just passed away. 
He also struggled with asthma and other health conditions. Um, I mean, this guy was in Hori, uh Was it the horror? I can never say that movie. Oh, Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Show. Rocky Horror yes, Picture yes, yes, Show. Yes, yes, he yes, was yes. in that. Yeah, he. he yeah. Um, he was. Uh, he was in Rocky Horror. I mean, like he. So, so Meatloaf. I mean, for those who don't know, big guy. Uh, very, very uh, up into like the a, a, and Rocky Horror goes right along with this with the whole rock opera thing. Um, yeah, I mean, like the whole thing was, you know, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. I actually have that on cassette, yes, which I, I'll be playing later on. We, uh, sadly, for it. huh. You got that up at the garage, so at the garage uh, sale, we were in the over oh, that's like, right. a summer and a half ago. I remember you're like, Look at this. I'm like, You gotta get that. You've gotta get meatloaf. Mom, the well, meatloaf. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the thing is that, uh, you know, he would do anything for love, but he wouldn't get his COVID vaccine. And unfortunately, that's what kind of took him out. And especially for a guy that's asthmatic and has, you know, respiratory issues. Take take care of yourself, man. I mean, like, he wasn't, he wasn't that old, and this didn't have to happen to him. So, uh, I mean, like, I didn't know that he, that he passed away from complications from COVID, so it, that almost makes it even more sad. And and he's not the first celebrity to come out or singer to come out and go against the vaccine and then go ahead and pass away from the from the uh, from the virus. So it, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I, I I wish my my condolences to his family and his friends and stuff like that. But to me, the, unfortunately, he passed. But this feels very unnecessary. Yeah, when it's. Uh his writer his writer that he had been with since like the beginning that wrote most of his music passed away about three or four months ago and they were like brothers and he said he can't he as uh, when he was talking about his his writer's death he felt he felt like they he could not live on because they were together for so long um and he said i i i feel like i'm gonna pass away soon so he kind of like foreshadowed it and then you get the covid i mean that just literally put him over the over the thing but um he was also very, very uh, known for his role in Fight Club. Uh, and if you haven't seen Fight Club, uh, get on that real quick. Uh, this movie is about 22 years old, 23 years old at this point, 1999. Uh, Edward Norton. Uh, and I'm not going to explain what the plot is because you got to experience it for yourself. So what, what was the name of his uh, character in that movie? His, his Robert Paulson is his name. What are you talking about? This isn't a fucking piece of evidence. This is a person. He's a friend of mine, and you're not gonna bury him in the fucking garden. He was killed serving Project Mayhem, sir. This is Bob. But, sir, in, in Project Mayhem, we have no names. No, you listen to me. This is a man, and he has a name. And it's Robert Paulson, okay? Robert Paulson? He's a man, and he's dead now because of us, all right? Do you understand that? I understand. In death, a member of Project Mayhem has a name. His name is Robert Paulson. 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 Come on, guys. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. No, his name is Robert Paulson. His name his is name. Robert Paulson. Yes. His name is Robert Paulson. Yes. I mean, look, 
that that <laughs> the one thing the, the coolest thing about that is that it introduced him to a whole new generation of people you know what i mean like i would say people our age who at that time were, were what in our teens we wouldn't have been exposed to meatloaf i was exposed to meatloaf because my mom would make it all the time also she would listen to his music all the time so i mean like i was i was familiar with it look I don't. I don't talk to my mom because she's a little. Uh, she's a little out there. But I'll give her. I'll give her credit for introducing me to a couple of uh, uh, musicians back in the day. So the, he was definitely on that list. And like I said, he would do anything for love, but he wouldn't do that. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E Rock. We'll see you next week for episode eighty-two. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Yeah. A few moments later. Wait, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. Oh, my goodness! Didn't see that coming! I'm middle What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos! That's all. Oh, I shouldn't have had those artichokes. I'll eat the poppers. Thanks, Cubs.